Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to Lost Without Japan. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions coming to you with positive thoughts and excitement for your next journey to Japan in his own return in summer 2024. I'd like to thank you for all of you joining Maurice and I today. And I truly hope that today's discussion finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. Our bi-weekly show is focused on getting you to Japan for your first time or to make that next adventure to Japan even better than your last. Today's special celebratory interview episode is with returning guest and at this point, honestly, honorary co-host of the show, Maurice, <laughs> who, who wants to talk about, you know, his successfully fundraised and completed kickstarter for his photo book ganbate and to allow all of us a chance to you know catch up and discuss our most recent trips to japan and maybe possibly some plans for the future welcome maurice once again my friend thank you so much it's always a pleasure to be here and speak with you (laughs) it is buddy it is like Thank you so much again for, you know, setting aside time today uh, to join all of us and hang out once again. We've already been talking. We went to go uh, start early just to get ourselves started. And I think we've been talking for about like, what, 30, 40 minutes before we even started recording. So. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. We're, we're here though now. Um, but, but before we get going with today's show, uh, where can listeners go to answer any additional questions they may have? You know, if it comes to anything we've talked about today or even, you know, future things. Oh, um, well, you can find Gambate, uh, the photo book on uh, Facebook. And you can also see uh, my Gambate, the photo book Instagram page as well. So very easy to find. If you search up the title for Gambate plus my name, it'll pop up all those places. Well, that's excellent. And I know we've discussed, uh, you know, a lot of different things in our previous episodes, and you can just go through and look for those yourself too. But if you can, uh, one thing I'd like to just a real quick, brief something about yourself. If somebody's stumbling across this for the first time, hasn't listened to anything else, or maybe one of your Kickstarters that got the book, looked at everything, and they're finally like see this email that says, you know, this talk's coming out, and they're they're joining us. Could you just share a little bit about yourself, my friend? My name is Mari Six. I'm a filmmaker, photographer-ish. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting better with it every day. Um, writer. Also, I have a dual career as like the uh, a very boring corporate guy. <laughs> but I'm a Japan enthusiast, like probably all of you are. Have been there probably about half a dozen times or so now at this point. Uh, I will be traveling back in about a month's time for another two weeks uh, to just kind of explore and and try to think of more creative ideas. And uh, that's about it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Japan, the culture, uh, a lot of the country's offerings, the people that I've met there, the people that I've met because of like a a mutual interest. And uh, feel free to reach out to me and just uh, chop it up and uh, 
shoot the breeze. One other thing I'd like to is just I I wanted to ask. I've been you know you've, we've we've been talking back and forth. You've been keeping me updated the whole time. What does it feel like now uh, for you having reached your goal and like successfully fundraised your own project, but now also to have fulfilled those orders and you can officially say, hey, I've completed my first Kickstarter. What does that mean to you, man? How do you feel right now? Uh, well, first and foremost, I would like to say thank you to everyone who supported the project. Uh, it would not have been possible without each and every one of you, and that includes you, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> um, uh, really, the belief in the project and the people that connected with it, you know, willing to open up their wallets to something that they had not seen before, uh, something that did not exist yet, and trusting me to to take their funds and follow through and trusting that I, A, had a, a, a quality body of work, and then B, I had made the proper connections with other businesses and manufacturers to, to create it. And then finally, getting those books in my home and then the trust to fulfill all of them. That's a lot of trust from point A to point Z. And to know that there was this overwhelming amount of support there, uh, I am blown away. Uh, and I'm bubbling with gratitude from way before the first day I launched it to right now. I'm still extremely grateful. It still feels like it's not real. Uh, but if you go in my, my living room, there are some, some books there that says all of it is real and people believed in you. And here now is the finished product. And it feels amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, anybody that's listening to this, I can say um, when I went to back Maurice, uh, I did it right away and I did the digital uh, version of it at first. And then I was quick to, uh, you know, change my mind and, and, and add on that physical copy of the book as well. And I would say if you, you come across this and you hear, you know, talks of other things or, you know, him doing it again, uh, you definitely uh, could do the digital only means. And I understand that we got space, you got waste, you got, you know, everything that you could have in life. But let me tell you, holding that physical media in your hand uh just brought it to a completely different level for me. So um, it was outstanding, my friend. Outstanding. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what uh, are some lessons that you've learned from doing this project? Because I'm sure it wasn't completely, you know, flawless the whole time. But, like, you know, were there anything like, you know, particular points that stick out to you? Uh, so a couple of things. And this isn't this isn't good or bad, but, you know, uh, well, there are things that you don't want to happen, right? So there were several times where people would pledge a certain amount and they would either uh, reduce their pledge or just cancel it outright. And But that's just the nature of the game. And I think we've all have been in the position where we get a little too excited and we like commit to something and we're like, oh, wait a second, I can't commit to this right now. Uh, there were a couple people who canceled and wrote me very nice emails like, hey, look, I can't do this right now. The the numbers aren't, the, the math isn't mathing, you know? <laughs> and they're like, but, you know, please, good luck, and I wish you all the best with your project. That still feels great, even though the number was reduced. And with Kickstarter being all or nothing, it's one of those situations where it's just like, how many more people are going to cancel or reduce, and will I still make it? And, you know, obviously I made it and then some, but that's in the back of your mind. When you wake up and you see that that cancellation notification, that's a little disheartening, but at the same time, 
you still have to really take stock in the fact that so many other people still believe in it. Or yes. even if the person had to reduce their, their amount for whatever reason, they're still on board. You know, that still feels really, really good. Um, but at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter because the project was successful. Um, so that's just food for thought down the road, right? Um, as far as pain points, um, don't trust Kickstarter's uh, shipping estimator. I got eaten alive with that. <laughs> um, not so much domestic. Domestic was, was fine, but international, uh, that ate me alive. And I ate a lot of costs uh, regarding international shipping. Um, also, uh, the, 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 the calculator doesn't really mention, because of Brexit, a lot of these countries now have uh, land taxes or VAT taxes, where just to get it delivered to them, there's an additional fee that they have to pay uh, when they go and get it. And so that upset me a bit because it's like, these people have already given me money. Um, I'd hate to hear that they have, to, they have to pay even more money just to get the book in their hand. So that was a learning experience. And then also in the future, if I were to do something like this again, I would probably include some verbiage saying, hey, look, I'm sorry to do this, but if your country has that taxes upon delivery, you're on your own. Um, yes. And some of them are not cheap. I know for one country, I forget what they are specifically, but one was like $15 to, to accept the book on top of postage. And then another one was like $28 to just get the book in their hand Okay. Um, that they had to pay upon delivery. That sucks uh, because my goal was to, wasn't, I wasn't trying to get rich off this, right? I have a regular income. That It wasn't the money. It was a, what can I do this to get this in people's hands for a reasonable price where they could take a chance on an unknown photographer? Um, I'm extremely grateful for them that they took it upon themselves. They're aware of these VAT taxes and still went through with it, but it still upset me because I didn't know about these until I got to the post office and they're like, oh, by the way, to deliver this, when they get it, there's going to be another $25 fee. And I'm like, well, can I pay that? A couple of times I was like, can I pay that? And they're like, no, you can't pay it. They have to pay it. And that was upsetting. Um, yeah. uh, and then finally, I think that um, there were a few books, quite a few books that went to Australia. And I've shipped out, well, first, I've shipped off all the books a month ahead of time. So to, to get it done ahead of schedule feels good. Um, but a few books went to Australia. And the only reports I got of damaged books were from Australia. Okay. Um, that sucked. Um, because then it's just like, well, what do I do? Uh, they, they, they write to me and they're all really chill about it. No one was mean, was, no one was mean to me about it. They're like, Hey, look, the book arrived damaged. And I'm like, well, the shipping cost was over twice what I paid you or what I charged you. So I can't really send you another book because do you want to pay 60 bucks to get this thing shipped to you? No, of course you don't. Right. Um, right. Right. And then. And then, and then both of them, I reached out and I said, hey, look, how about I give you like, you know, uh, a certain percentage of, of refund uh, for the damages. Yes. And so far, no one has taken me up on that, but I do want to make it right because um, I didn't send it to them damaged, but they didn't pay for a damaged book. Right. Um, right. And that hurts my heart because whenever I picture people owning this book, I, 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 I thought of it as like a... a, a 
a point of pride on their shelf or on their coffee table that they would want to show people, right? You know, this damaged book that got tossed around in Australia, that sucks, you know, because again, the only only pain points I've been told about thus far has been Australia. Like, I don't know what happens once it gets to the land down under. They just start chucking the books around. <laughs> They're just doing backbreakers on them. But uh, that hasn't happened anywhere else. I've sent books to Germany, France, Spain, the U.S., Canada. Like, I've, spent, I've sent books all over the place. Like, literally all over the place. Uh, I think Brazil as well. Only Australia. They came, um, Japan as well. Only in Australia they came back damaged. And that really, really sucks. Um, but again, they were really polite. Everyone was really chill. No one came at me awkwardly or whatever. And if they do get back to me saying, hey, look, I will take you up on that that partial uh, that partial refund, I'll send it to them immediately. Yeah. That's, man, like, uh, I'm proud of you, though, like, for everything that's come through. And like you said, you're looking just to get it out there. And you're also, I'm sure, at the same time, uh, not looking to... Uh, you know, like it's like lessons learned. You haven't done it before. Uh, and you'd hope that Kickstarter would actually have something out. If, if somebody's buying from these areas that have these things, you think they would almost have like a little pop up that says, hey, uh, you're backing a project that's here. Uh, please be aware, you know, <laughs> you know like that, that you're going to have like some additional cost or things that are coming your way. Um, but I think the way you handle it, I, I couldn't ask for more, uh, especially with that. Um with all of that you have, like, what are some positives for you that have come out of doing this project, my friend? Oh, a ton. I'd say overwhelmingly it's been positive. Um, the, I've gotten pictures of people posing the book with their animals. Uh, I've got pictures of people taking photos with stickers that I sent a few people. Um, I have, uh, gosh, just really strong words of encouragement um, there was one gentleman who was a professional photographer himself, and I was actually worried what he would say. And uh, he got it, um, and he was like, "It's gorgeous, it's beautiful," and <laughs> I, and I, that was like a weight off my chest. Even one of the people in Australia who got a damaged book, they're like, "Hey, man, the book is damaged, but these photos are gorgeous." <laughs> You're like, "Yes!" <laughs> I'm like, "That's awesome. I'm so sorry." Please take some money back, you know. Um, uh, the positives, uh, also, uh, just the belief that you can do this. You know, um, I never thought that this was going to be like a $80,000 Kickstarter. No, I, really. I just like, if people get it across the line, that's beautiful, right? Um, the fact that it got the uh, projects we love bad from Kickstarter themselves, that was a huge plus that felt really, really great. Um, I got uh, a partial scholarship for uh, minority creators um, that was not a ton of money, but hey, look, some money from, you know, it, it's great. It's great. And it's, it's interesting because, like, if you look at Kickstarter's platform, there are a few things that are overwhelmingly successful, like tech devices, board yes. games, comic books, and things like that. And a lot of times, a lot of the creators look the same. That's, that's fine. That's just the nature of the beast. But one thing that Kickstarter did, and they sent me some literature, they were like, hey, look, we recognize that whenever creators deviate from that, the chances of their success drops exponentially, right? And it's probably just a networking thing, right? And yeah. But they were like, well, we're aware of this. You know, we want to make Kickstarter an equitable platform. So we're going to give you a little bit of help. 
Um, and that's amazing. That's amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that I got that. But at the same time, the community and Kickstarter came through for me. Yeah. Um, so it felt great twofold that a Kickstarter as a, as an entity was aware of the challenges that people may face. And then also the people, the users that they've cultivated is an open-minded and welcoming community that they're going to support you if they like the project anyway. And that's really, really fucking cool. Um, I appreciated yeah. that a lot. Um, also just people, friends and family supported the book that felt amazing. Uh, the, the text that's great. A friend of mine from college, she sent me a, a picture of her parents looking at the book and that was really, really cool. So the positive has been overwhelmingly like just, I, I can't, I can't put all of it into words. It feels really, really great. And if anything, uh, take it from someone who doesn't really have a social media following. Like I know that a lot of people feel that they can't do something unless they have tons and tons of followers. My personal Instagram account has 200 followers. I only follow a hundred people. I don't really use Facebook and uh, the Facebook page that I use for this pro for this, this book only has like 500 or 600 followers. Like you don't need this massive following. I know a lot of people are like, well, I, I need to wait till I get like 10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000. No, you don't because that may never happen. But what yes. you can do is create now, get it in front of people's eyes and they connect with what you're creating. People will trust you. You know, if, if you come through and you're genuine and they believe in it. If you believe in it and they can tell that you believe in it, they'll believe in you and they'll coalesce around you and they'll definitely support your stuff if they like it. They will. They will. They will. And, and that, that interaction with people, too, um, that you have, um, when you build it that way, I think you can have such a, such a more meaningful experience than something that's just a uh, something that happens that catches you know fire for that brief moment and you get a ton of people and you know, that can drop off, but like, you know, you work through little by little, uh, keep on adding to what you have. And I'm like, you're, you're gonna, uh, have people, I think Maurice, like, I know I will, regardless of us, you know, to ever talking again, if you, you know, became rich and famous, come out with another book, you know, I'm still going to be, I'm still going to be behind you on that book. And I know that I'm not the only one for that. Um, I yes. know that's not going to be the case, you know, <laughs> you're yes. like, no, no, no. <laughs> so. Well, I definitely appreciate that. Um, Maurice, uh, I know we talk back and forth all the time and we both kind of shared some, you know, goals of ours or, or different dreams that we have, but do you have any future plans at the moment uh, for another project? And like, is that going to be something that would be uh, focused on Japan again, uh, some other area? I don't care, honestly, my man, as long as I get to see more of your photos, but you know, I've kind of <laughs> crossed my fingers for more Japan things, just, you know, selfishly, but <laughs> Do you have like any more uh, plans for things coming up? Uh, so right now I have some ideas about a, another book in the future. Um, but the first thing I would do first is do it backwards. I would look into the logistics of delivering that book and then fitting the, uh, I guess, the idea around that. Like, for instance, I probably would go with soft cover in the future to make it cheaper for everybody, cheaper for manufacturing. Yes. Uh, cheaper for shipping. Uh, I'd also give it a smaller, uh, I guess, size or profile because I'm sure you noticed whenever you lay the book out, it's big. Like it's, if you lay it out on the table, it's it's long, right? Um, I would probably make a, a, a book that's a bit more compact, but more pages. Um, 
less negative space. So maybe the images take up the entire page. Uh, so you're still getting the same size image, but the negative space has been reduced. I'd probably do something like that. As far as content goes, so you know me, I'm I'm not really the biggest cyberpunk uh, fan when it comes to it, it's, representing it's what, Japan. It, it, it's one of your, your 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 few faults that you have in life. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep on going, Boris. So we'll keep on going. It's a, you can't be perfect, buddy. You can't be perfect. No, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you being open minded about that. Uh, so when it comes to to displaying Japan or Tokyo in this cyberpunk kind of aesthetic. I think that that's misleading, um, but I do think that there are places where we can kind of embellish or profile the technically the, the technically technologically advanced profile of Tokyo or Japan, and kind of like uh, uh, juxtapose that with the humanity. Because I feel like too often, whenever people dive deep into this whole cyberpunk thing, it's completely devoid of people. It's just yes. like the back of people's heads and then you you color grade it super purple super red super green super orange and i feel like that's not really the way to do it because you know in my opinion the second you get out of like tokyo station you're like this doesn't look like anything that i saw on this book or this thing it doesn't yeah. look like that you know yep. um and so also the, for so many people to be so focused or be in such love with japan as a country why are so many of these cyberpunk projects so distanced from the actual people that live there? Like, like I'm not talking about models and cosplay with like visors and stuff like that. I'm talking about, you know, is there a way for you to include the actual citizens of this? So this, this makeup of this, this, this fever dream of Tokyo technology, like they're one in the same. Like, how do you, how do you have the city that exists but exclude the people that created it, right? Um, so, if I were to have an idea, it would probably it would try to be like this this marriage between the older tech side of Tokyo, Japan, married with the people and the citizens that created it, because of course they influence one another. You know, yes, it's yes. not us as tourists who are who are influencing that, right? It's the people that live there, and so some of these projects. The people are absent, and that's probably, I feel like, is a tremendously missed um, opportunity. And if I had the funds and the time and the freedom to do it, and the connections, because you need connections, um, I would like to try something like that in the future. Outstanding, my friend. Outstanding. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about in regards to Kickstarter before we you know, kick things off and kind of uh, go into uh, talking about our times in Japan? Kickstarter is a wonderful platform. Please go on there regularly and, you know, not just for me, but search out things that you enjoy, that you connect with, that you feel like maybe those needs are those, those creative curiosities are not being met. Um, because I'm willing to bet you that there is someone on Kickstarter, either currently or in the past, who has created something that, that fits in your, your, your interests, I promise you. And a lot of the, 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 well, the Kickstarter profiles always stay up. So even if you miss the campaign, a lot of the creators have now uh, updated the profiles of the campaigns with links to buy the product after it's been made. And a lot of that stuff is still available uh, because for some of them, Kickstarter was only the first step um, of many steps. It wasn't just the one and done. And so going on there and searching for things that you like 
could only be the beginning of someone's creative or professional journey that now is, is flourishing, but they initially got their start on Kickstarter. So don't feel shy about going and looking for stuff. You know, there are plenty of things where I've looked and I missed the campaign, but I go to the person's page and they still have stuff for sale. I'm like, well, let me buy that now. You know, yes. and I don't have to wait seven months for it. You know, yes. so, you're like, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, I get it now. Uh, so uh, that's really, really cool. Um, but really, it, it's a it, it's a platform to really just breed creativity. I know that there are certain types of things that that overwhelmingly get most of the money, but don't that don't let that dissuade you. Like if you if you care about your stuff, it's worth a try. It really is. Um, do your research. Uh, do some homework. Uh, start small if, if you don't have a huge following or a backing and then just go for it. Like it, my friend. I like it. Okay, Maurice, uh, now on to uh, Japan. Japan itself and kind of our time. And then I know you brought up some things to talk about and I'm kind of glad you did because I don't know that I could make a whole episode about uh, uh, some of the things that you brought up as, as far as like, you know, news and things like that. That's the hook. The hook for you to listen, you know, even further in our talk today, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but let's start off. Uh, I think a great place to start, though, sometimes, my friend, is the ending and uh, have both of us kind of share some of their post Japan insights, uh, you know, from from our trips, man. All right. So first things first, what are some of the highlights of your last trip? Uh, getting to see my son go off on his own and hop on a shin constant and go to a concert and uh, and meet people at that concert in a completely different city that I've not been to and him make friends at the show him successfully get into the show get his ticket um no no english help you, you know what i mean like no english you know conversation you know anything it's here him trying to figure out that they're trying to charge him for drinks that he wasn't having, but like knowing that they actually had that drink tax, like, you know, hey, buddy, you're, you're, you're here to see the show, but you got to pay for these drinks, whether or not you have him. Um, him working through all of that and leaving with this love of the country that didn't like his biggest compliment to me as a dad was him being in Japan. And although things were different, that like some of the things were different than what he thought it would be, him being raised, like from him being an infant to him being a 22-year-old, you know, man now, with his dad, he's like, Dad, like everything that we've been, you know, you, I've been exposed to, and you know, on my own or through you, like led me to come to Japan and actually experience what I thought I was going to experience. And that to me, man, was like out of anything in the trip was like a huge, huge to, mm -hmm. to think that because you can go places and you're let down, you go places and it's, you know, more that you have. But like to have that be your expectation and, and go through was huge. Um, being able to catch baseball games with him, being able to go meet with my friends um, in Osaka uh, for the guys, uh, Matt and David, Japan 2.0 and sitting there recording out in a field with them uh sharing like a moment like through connections meeting with you in tokyo and us you know having to avoid rats and having you know <laughs> me, you know meals that probably like you wouldn't expect to have in tokyo and like all these connections man that i keep on having and now coming out the other side of stuff when we got back home besides not flying air canada again 
Um, the, 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 like coming out the other side and my son wanting to go back to Japan and do a semester to study some language and me already making plans for my return trip to meet with some other people that are doing pot buddy. Like I keep on falling more and more in love, uh, with this country, with the connections that I'm making. And I keep on finding more that I want to go do. I need to live like two, two lifetimes probably to, to, to like, you know, to like to legitimately to go do what you want to do. Um, I don't know that that answers the question, my man, without it being my ADD scattershot, but like, I, I couldn't have asked for the trip to go better than like right. really what it did, really what it did, man. Uh, you know, just to, to hop in here real quickly, you know, when you're like, I'm my, my son is coming, my kid is coming, you know, and someone who doesn't have kids and someone who is not exactly particularly well versed in hanging out with kids, I was thinking, well, what is this going to be like? Uh, but upon meeting your kid, A, it's very immediately noticeable that he is your son. Like you just, <laughs> you know, yeah, um, and then also on top of that, <laughs> on top of that, it's immediately noticeable how, how well adjusted and independent he is. Um, I don't know what the hell you did, but you did right. <laughs> so, so keep it up because really, like I, I, you know, your kids in a different country that's completely foreign to the United States, and just like you said, you know, because he wandered off on his own after you and I were kind of chilling out. And he was completely in his groove. Um, there was no hesitation. There was no anxiety. He knew that he's, he's got this. Yep. And that was instantly recognizable. And that was really, really cool. Very, very impressive. So, you know, I know that speaks to him, but it also speaks to you and your talent as a dad. And um, I just got to give you some credit there. Great job. You got a good <laughs> kid. Yeah. He's very cool. He's not <laughs> annoying at all. <laughs> you know, it was hard for him growing up, but there was some payoff. There was some payoff. <laughs> he was like, it's, you know, he, he, we were talking recently. He's like, it's funny, dad, you know, like all this time growing up where I was kind of like embarrassed at times. And I'm like, that comes with growing up. But he's like, now everybody's into everything that you were into. And I was into this whole time. And I'm like, that's what, that's it, son. Just He'll catch up. Don't worry. <laughs> no, it, really, it really does, man. But I, I appreciate it, buddy, because it, it it was um cool to see. And then, you know, it, it changes your life if you can just get out to a different place, like a different country, have right. that experience. And it opens up so many doors to you. And um, like he has his own friends. You know what I mean? Like he has his own contacts. He has his own things. And you have another reason to return again. And I know with you, man, like I'm so jealous. I want to go in November again. And I am already looking at like, Hey man, maybe I can go this summer and then do a super quick turnaround. If airfare is like, you know, drops even more and I can go for November, fly into her, like Osaka, get into Hiroshima and just sit there, you know, like for five, six days and enjoy myself <laughs> and then fly back home. Um, man, I'm so jealous with that. Uh, that just everything with you, uh, having done that, like listening about like, what is, what, what is your, your moments, my friend for, uh, your, your most recent trip? Oh, so first off, let me just piggyback off of some of the stuff that you said. Um, so obviously you and I, uh, previous prior to this trip, we'd never met in person before. Right. And just through the magic of technology and just a mutual love of a place and a culture or, or just interest in general, it, it was very cool just how quickly the world got super small 
and you and I were able to meet in person. Yes. You know, just here you go. I'm right here. And I'm like, okay, I'm 20 minutes away. And then I walk <laughs> in this restaurant and there you are sitting there, you know, and that was, it's, it's, it demonstrates just how small the world is, but also how cool and, and, and how connected we are. And that was a really cool highlight. Uh, that was really, really awesome. Um, just these little small things that, that really just show you just how connected we are. And I never take that stuff for granted because, you know, there obviously there are connections that we make with people um, around the globe who we'll never see in our lifetimes. Yes. Right? Yes. But it was quite the it was quite the highlight that we made that work and we met up and we hung out, had a cool meal. I got to meet your son. That was very, very cool. Like I said, he's a great guy. Um, that was really awesome. Also, um, another highlight of mine was really getting away from Tokyo. Like I went all the way to Fukuoka. I was like, I'm getting out of here. You know, I'm getting out of here. Fukuoka was awesome. Uh, Hiroshima was also awesome. Um, I was there two days before uh, the 78th anniversary. So as people were starting to collect and kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know, ponder their, their memories or their insights at the site, that was really, really interesting. Um, it, it was really, really cool. I had uh, two conversations with two separate Japanese men about the relationship with America and how they want it to stay strong and they want us to remain allies and in, in, in good standing for the future. Um, I was in a restaurant um, that the hotel staff had recommended to me and, you know, a Japanese dude, probably in his seventies, he was like, he was like, do you drink sake? And I'm thinking, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah <I> do. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, he was like me, you know, it was like Japan and America, have to stay brothers and you know we we toasted and we had a, a little cup of sake and like the little like wooden box you know yes um, yes yes and that was really cool and because if you go because like, i've been to vietnam before as well and they do not have that same kind of feeling when it comes to their relationship with america they just don't feel the same way and yeah. rightfully so yeah, right yeah, yeah. yep and so the fact that here was this this old dude who clearly was probably the anniversary is on his mind. I'm obviously an American. I'm fat, man. <laughs> like I got like long hair and I talk too loud. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's an American. Let me break bread with him. <laughs> um, but no, the the fact that he reached out to me unprovoked, uh, with kindness and with with wisdom, that was really cool. I'll never forget that because he didn't have to do that. And, you know, because he bought me sake, I tried to buy his meal and he wouldn't let me. He, he wouldn't let me buy his meal. Yeah, yeah. And um, then we took a photo together and then I went about my business. But that was really, really cool. And I'll always remember that. Um, yeah, that was a really, really strong highlight of my trip. And just traveling around, meeting with friends, um, getting out of my comfort zone. Yeah. That was another one. And, um, yeah. Trip of a lifetime. Absolutely, absolutely a trip of a lifetime. Love it, bud. Love it. Um, All right. I got a question here, here, for you. Go for it, buddy. Go for it. Anything that you wish went better during the trip? Um, yes. Uh, I, I will say that even though I've traveled to Japan a number of times and I've gone with groups, like, you know, with a group of friends before, um, I would say that there are some times where I would, definitely recommend having separate rooms 
and not mm. sh- not sharing a space like uh even if you have an airbnb that has bedrooms you're still sharing a space and this is right. my own personal opinion of things but like when you first arrive in japan i think you need your own space and i think you need your own space when you're about to leave just to give you that moment to kind of like decompress you can go eat together you can go do some stuff but having that own space is one thing that I wish I would have done better um, because like it, it does like when you're you, that, that trip out to Japan from the States is not a fun one. It is not enjoyable. Right. And by the time you get to where you're going, none of you are in a good mood. You know what I mean? And that's, if that's, that's if you, they don't lose your luggage, you're not delayed. You know, you get the train, you find where you're supposed to be. If everything goes well, you're still not going to be like in the best of like, you know, like, you know, minds as you go through. That is one thing that I wish I would have done a little better. And then the only other thing that I would say for me was that uh, sometimes when you travel with others, you can let um, their input kind of change what you would do normally if you let it. And my my advice is, like, if you get to Japan and you have that JR, like, rail pass, I book all my stuff at the very beginning. Like, like the, the second, you know, whatever I, as soon as I get that pass, I get a couple things and I book my whole trip of, like, even if I don't use it, I can go cancel those tickets. But I booked my whole trip for the whole time I was there. And one of my buddies, like, you know, that went with had been a few times as well to Japan. And he's like, let's just wait for a little bit later and see where things go. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Like, he's like, no, no, no. It's like, you know, we've been able to do this. And I was like, man, everything I've been hearing, everything, everything I've been talking to, researching is just get your stuff. And I let that change me. And then at the end of the trip, as I'm starting to try to schedule stuff in that last week, to go to Fuji or go to places I wanted to go, I couldn't go like, uh, cause the, the Shinkansen was booked. It was booked mm-hmm. completely. No waiting room, no standing room, no like anything. Um, I could, they wouldn't let me ride on the outside of it. Like, you, you know, it, it's just like, I couldn't end up doing some of the things I wanted to do. And that was like a, that was like a definite regret from what I have. So lesson learned, you know, with that stuff, like sometimes you have to learn lessons a few times in life, you know, and you learn them multiple times. But that's one like, man, whenever I go back, uh, I'm just going to book my stuff. I don't care if anybody else is traveling with me. You do your own thing. We're all grownups. But I'm going to take care of me as selfish as that sounds and my enjoyment of my trip and make sure I have what I want to to get what I want out of it. And I am looking forward to do what you did, which is finally I'm not leading a group of people to Japan. And I, like, I, I wouldn't give up going with my son. I'm not saying that, but like, I, I'm just saying like, I, I would do that again in a heartbeat, him and I, but I am so looking forward to just going out and doing just stuff I haven't done and going out to Sapporo, mm-hmm. going out to some places that are off the beaten path, um, possibly getting in a car, uh, you know, renting that stuff and then going to some places that aren't on a train, aren't accessible by bus. And like going and seeing some parts of Japan that is not Tokyo, not Osaka, not Kyoto. I love those places. They all have something to offer except Tokyo. I mean, no, Tokyo has something to offer, but I don't love it quite that much. 
Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there goes my, there goes all my listeners. They're gone, Maurice. Um, but, but like, I've been so many times now, like that is not on my, my list to go to. Um, there's so much more that uh, Japan has to offer. So that, that I would say for me would be that. Is there, did you have anything that you would uh, kind of, same thing, you know, you know, wish went better, change about what you did? Uh, so to piggyback off one of your points, uh, I didn't book a lot of my Shinkansen tickets ahead of time, and I absolutely should have. <laughs> um, I ended up always getting lucky, but it it was like, oh, the Shinkansen that's leaving in 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour from now, you can't ride none of those. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, but we have, you know, one that we have one seat that's right by the back you know, an hour and a half from now. Yes. Hurry up and get it. And that happened quite a few times where I'm thinking, oh, I can just hop on there and just go. Just yes. go. Yes. That that time is over. The 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 whole the revenge tourism and the over tourism thing that you're hearing about on a lot of like like news and, and other, you know, content creators, it's absolutely true. Yep. There's a ton of people there. Um there's probably gonna continue to be a ton of people there. And from what I understand pre-pandemic, a large portion of the people that were coming to Japan were from China. And while, they, while they've started coming back, they're not all back yet. Once Chinese uh, tourists get in, back in full swing, combine that with the revenge tourism for the rest of the world, you are not going to want to be there and not have not booked or pre-booked all of your tickets. Uh, I got a little taste of that, and I regretted it because it, it led to me sitting in, in stations for a couple hours. Uh, like three or four times where if I was booked already, I could have just hopped right in, got to my destination, enjoyed the day for a couple more hours. I missed out on that. And I had to sit in the station and try not to eat my bentos too early. You know, because, because I, I didn't think ahead. There's that. Um, uh, I would make a more detailed itinerary as far as where I want to go and how long it takes to get there. I didn't really do that. Um, there are some places in, in Japan that I should have researched my particular interests. So when I got there, it was a, a beautiful place, wonderful place. But as far as things that I'm personally into, it wasn't there. Yes. So I put a place on, on my itinerary. I get there and I'm like, this is beautiful. This is gorgeous. This was probably a better fit for one of my friends instead yes. of me. Yeah. Um, I should have done more research. So the whole flying by the seat of your pants thing is really fun. There are some downsides to it. And, you know, I don't live there. Yes. So putting aside that time and going someplace that's great, but not great for me, I missed a couple times. Um, so more research, more ideas about, you know, I know that I, I like to have free form trips, but when your time is limited, you really should be balancing and prioritizing more. And I didn't prioritize in the correct way in a lot of ways, even though I just want to like, oh, yeah, I got time. <laughs> but when you start to run out of time and you're thinking, oh, crap, I should have gone that place instead. It, there is there is some regret there. You still don't you still have a wonderful time. But there's like I should have shifted this way or that way. And I would just enjoy it that much more. Um other things, um, know what you don't care about. 
yeah. and know what you do care about. And this goes back to the prioritizing things. Um, you know, you and I talk about YouTube a lot and people covering the same stuff. Don't go to stuff just because it's popular. Go to stuff because you want to go. Yeah. Um, for most of us, we don't get but maybe a week or two or three vacation a year. Don't waste an expensive trip at that going and seeing stuff that you and your heart of hearts don't really care about. Isolate, identify the things that make your heart sing. Go see those things first. Please go see those things first. You can get around to the rest of the, the popular stuff, but go for you first because the trip is too, it, these trips cost too much money yep. for, for you to go and do the trip that someone else would do or do the trip that a YouTuber told you to do. Go do your trip, your trip. Um, so that's probably the only thing. Oh, I, and, I, and go ahead. I'm sorry. One of the things that I think I took away to it from it too is like uh, when you're on vacation, you have some magic that happens. If you were to live somewhere, that same magic doesn't happen. It just doesn't. Right. And you can you make contacts, you meet people, um, you can end up getting friendships out of that. And one of those is uh, when I was at Fuji. I had a family that has like, you know, invited me to come to Taiwan to have, you know, show, show me around. And I'm like fully, I've been keeping in touch and I fully intend to take them up on that. And I, you know, it's one of those things I don't want that to slip by and miss out on that opportunity. But if I hadn't have gotten outside my comfort zone or go to do that time for myself in an area to piggyback on what you were saying, where I was in a place I wanted to be. I was doing what I wanted to do and I meet somebody that's doing what they want to do in the place they want to be. And you have that connection. Now I have that like, you know, chance to go to a country that was not on my radar, you know, as close as to what it is and have some sort of connection when you're there to have, Hey, I, I live here. I can, you know, help point you in some right directions. And that's, that's huge. I don't, I, that, that's something I'm not going to let, slip by and I'm, you know, thankful for, uh, you know, coming from this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's going to lead into my next question. What are your plans for your next trip? Well, as it is right now, like, uh, with you, uh, and others that I've been interviewing on the show, uh, have some loose framework of people that I've, you know, interviewed in the past and connections I've had of actually getting off a train path, uh, getting off the bus path, and really getting into Japan into some locations that you can only get by car. And doing so with a friend that I have made, you know, through this show and getting that experience. We're, we're, we're talking about maybe doing like a two-day, you know, itinerary and go to some places, see some things, and um, record some content, uh, you know, for, for the show while doing so. And doing some things, renting a car, driving in Japan. Mm -hmm doing some things that are way outside my comfort zone. Um, but that is one plan. And then I have um, uh, Jeff, uh, who does the Deep in Japan. I'm going to go up and see him, uh, meet him for the first time in person, and then uh, go back to my favorite place in the world, which is, uh, as of right now, you know Hiroshima. Go meet uh, my friends that are there, spend some time in their restaurants, and kind of pay back some of their kindness for when my son came. They did so much for them. And that's, I think, you know, a lot of what you can run into when you're in Japan or just meet good people in general all around the world. Right. Um, they go so above and beyond what they needed to. I kind of want to pay them back. 
So like the my my one buddy, he has his bar and things that's that's in um Hiroshima, and he's into a group called um Alistair, and they're like a group from Chicago, uh, from like I want to say like the nineties, uh, maybe you know two thousands. But I was able to find like a signed CD uh, of all the members, Whoa. you know, of that had the song. So I was able to find a signed CD that had all the members on it from a signing from Chicago that I'm going to bring with me and, you know, kind of like present to him and be like, you know, thank you. And then. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Rock, his mom uh, lives out in that area as well. And he's hard to like, I don't have something for him where I could just bring him something back. That's going to be as meaningful. Uh, so I, I, what I want to do is just plan on buying his mom uh, dinner at his restaurant. So like, you know, not only can I give, you know, thanks to her um, and thanks to him, I can in a way give him money, but not just handing him, you know, cash, you know what right. I mean? Like, you know, but like, you know, like show my thanks, like, because, you know, when I'm there, I'm not spending a lot, but I could get her, you know, like I could spend like a hundred or a hundred something dollars on a really nice meal for her at his place and just be like, cool, here we go. Thanks, mom. Thank you, Rock. Like, you know, you, you both great people. You know, thanks for all you did for my, you know, my son while he was here. Thanks for what you continue to do to me. You know, that's that's my, you know, my plans for coming up. And and besides, uh, I got I want to get the Insta uh 360 camera the one that's like the size the size of your thumb um and i because that 360 camera i think that's one of those things i learned in the trip of which can tie into what we're going to talking to in a little bit i didn't feel comfortable walking around with the 360 camera like if i was going to use it i think i would just set it up somewhere and just record like i'm mm -hmm. here here's some sights here's some sounds you can look all around you could see what you want to in this area but that was it if i had something that just kind of clicks to me that, you know, that's a thumb that I can just walk around with. I'm way more likely to use that in different places. But I found myself mm -hmm. doing so much less video than what I thought I would. And I want to set aside that time to do the audio of just really getting in and recording some different places and getting some sounds and things to share with people that don't get to go. I mean, you're going to have people listening right mm -hmm. now that are never going to be able to go. But like at least like through your photos, through like the, the, the audio I have, like we can provide something to them that they may not have otherwise. And that, like that's really like my my goals this time is I can start pulling some things together, maybe have my own project. You know what I mean? Like have something that I could do, uh, you know, from that as well. Please do. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> but, but what about you? I know that you're. Your trip is coming up. Like, are you, I'm assuming, going to shoot some, uh, you know, f photos while you're there as well. But are you going just to enjoy yourself in a different season? Or is this just uh, to have, you know, enjoy the country again and see some things you haven't seen? Well, first and foremost, the trip is to go visit a friend who is actually leaving the country. I have a friend of mine okay. who's from Belgium who uh, has been in Japan for probably five years or so, five okay. or six years. And uh, she went to school there, graduated, started working in a job. Um, but the profession that she chose, the actual work, the day-to-day -day was not for her. Okay. Um, little too intense. Her, her balance, her work-life balance wasn't great. Plus, the commute was really long. Um, and she said, I, it's not for me. Um, 
And, you know, I'm sure you're aware of the fact that with the, uh, the Japanese visas for foreigners, when it comes to work, you have to work in the, the, the industry or the realm of your visa. Yes. You can't go and get a different type of job. So uh, she, she tried to make it work. I remember I was talking with someone separate and I said, hey, look, I said, you know, from an outsider looking in, you know, can you explain to me the salaryman culture of working, you know, this many hours or blah, 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 or this amount of dedication? And she goes, Westerners call it salaryman culture. We just call it work, you know? And so for people that aren't from Japan and aren't accustomed to that level of, I guess, either time or, or effort into putting into work or just the distance, I, I could see how it could be abrasive to people that weren't raised on that, right? Yes, yes. And so my friend is, she's leaving the country, um, and I said, hey, look, let me see if I can pull some strings, make some, some move some money around to see if I can come out there again. Um, it's going to be a diminished trip. It's going to still be like a little over two weeks, but I can't go to the wall <laughs> like I did last time. Like yeah. before I was like shooting in film and getting it developed every other day. I, you know, cause you know, digital, you can just shoot forever, you know? Uh, but with film, you know, each roll costs, uh, each processing costs. If you get it scanned as well, so you have to wait till you get back home, that costs. So, you know, I was probably spending every couple of days, a hundred bucks or so on film yep. just in general. And so I'm going to cut out that expense or maybe just limit it to probably a, a ridiculous degree, focus more on her. Yes. Um, have time, like have time and spend time time with her. I think that we're gonna go and see uh, Izu. I think it's called. Okay. I think it's in Shizuoka somewhere around there. I think it's like an, an onsen or a spa town. We're gonna go visit. She, I could be getting that completely wrong. She knows all the details. But I said, hey, look, if this is a place that you've never been before that That's you want to see, we'll go. You know. Um. And again, it gets me out of Tokyo. It gets me away from. It gets me somewhere else. Um. So that's pretty cool. Um, I would like to go north because I did get a JR pass right before they increased the price. <laughs> uh, so that was cool. Um, I plan on going north. I want to go to Sendai. Um, I would like to go to Sapporo, but it's going to be, she's like, it's going to be cold, bro. Like, <laughs> she's like, you go anywhere, Sapporo, Hokkaido, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be super cold. Just prepare for that. So um, I'll see if I can manage that but even more days outside of tokyo i have an yes. appa hotel that's like my home base that is gonna i have a room the entire time but that's so cheap that you don't really worry about that you know sure it's a shoebox but it's not there to impress you right um and then i think that one more thing that i want to do is splurge i travel so cheaply and you know um i like i said i stay in appas um, I don't, you're going to, you're going to hate me. Um, the expensive sushi thing, the expensive waggy yeah. thing, yeah. I don't really do that on my own. Those, those are experiences that I save for my friends. Yes. Um, because individually they don't speak to me. Um, I like food, but I'm not a, a food connoisseur. Uh, I like a good drink, but I'm not like a, a sommelier. Um, I, I just don't care that much. I get more out of the experience with those things with my friends and people that I enjoy. Uh, I think while I'm down there with her, I might splurge on a nice meal because I kind of roughed it last time I was there. I didn't mind it, but for someone who's leaving the country, it's like, let's go out with a bang. 
Yes. Let's get yes. that that two hundred dollar like sushi course. Let's get that 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 one hundred and fifty dollar wagyu. Let's get it. You know, um, because those are things that I would not do on my own. Yes. Um, because I I'd rather put the money elsewhere. Um, one hundred fifty bucks, two hundred bucks. That's three nights hotel in Fukuoka in yep. Okinawa. That's 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 how I that's how my brain thinks. And whenever I was like making my photo book, I'm like. 200 300 bucks that you're you're spending on this one hotel room that's 10 rolls of this type of film seven rolls of this type of film getting it processed eight times that's how my brain works not yep. do i want to get sushi so um i think i'm going to try to turn that part of my brain off and just indulge with a lot of the country has to offer yes. uh, because if i'm by myself i i refuse to do it i won't do it uh so just to lighten up a little bit splurge a little bit do a little bit of the good food um uh because you know you there's you gotta stop eating onigiri from 7-eleven <laughs> you know <laughs> i i gotta stop doing that, that um that, 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 that <laughs> chicken though you know the chicken's for real i, I love it every time i go and, you know the, the curry cool. chains noodle chains it's just like yeah i could live off this the whole time i'm there you know it's delicious it's delicious it is, um, it is. That's why I never really miss it because like it's interesting because like in America, the cheap stuff tastes like cheap stuff. Yes. You know what I mean? But in Japan, because of the focus on quality, you can go cheap and it doesn't feel like you're eating cheap. Yes. You know? And that just doesn't that counterpart doesn't really exist in the West like it does there. So, you know, eating good in Japan encapsulates so much you know um it really really does so i'm gonna splurge a little bit uh, that's that's what i'll do and my, my park hyatt if i find myself in tokyo uh i don't think i will next year but that park hyatt's gotta be gotta happen man that's like that's my splurge of things where it's like kills me it's the same thing i'm like man the five five six hundred bucks for this room for a night is and insert like you know all these other things that i could be doing you and I share that in common, my friend. Let me tell you. So I still haven't pulled that figure, that, that, that trigger, but I like I just need to. Just need to do it. You're worth it from time to time. You can't do it all the time, but you, you know, take take you know, gotta, take, take gotta, a chance I to gotta do that. I got to step in real quick. The pandemic, the post-pandemic prices, the Park Hyatt is like $800 or $900 a night now. Yes. I, I don't know, know if you know, know. that. <laughs> I, I, buddy, I, I do. I keep on, like, when I was looking, I was like, I'm telling myself 500 bucks, my friend, because I hope, you know, you put out good things into the universe, and this is me putting good things into the universe. $500, oh, oh, universe. Oh. Listen to me. Listen to me, universe. $500. Well, I think, yeah. I think, I think that if you were to book one night right now for your next trip, <laughs> you might be able to get it for 450 but yeah. you gotta like book it like right now, like yeah. seven, eight months out. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And even some of the airfare prices have come down a bit mm -hmm. um, compared to when we went. Like I was looking at ANA um, for next summer, and they had like a uh, fifteen hundred dollar round trip ticket uh, from Chicago to Japan during the summer. Um, but what I don't have the funds right now to begin with, but like what kind of is stopping me from doing that, and not spending the, the 2000 again, or, you know, a little over two grand that I did last time is that it did, they didn't have like a automatically assigned seat. You know what I mean? Ooh, so it's right. like you, if you pay that 1500 bucks, you're going to be logging into the app and trying to grab a seat, but who knows where that will be. 
And if I'm not on an aisle, my friend, I'm going to need to be like, you know, uh, <laughs> there's going to be something, man. They're going to have to have somebody come on and be like, here, we're going to knock you out now and we'll wake you back up when you get to Japan. <laughs> so for me, I wish I could just, you know, be in that, you know, up against the window or be okay being between two people, you know, for the trip and not have that like impact me as much as it does. But man, it sure, sure does. So I, you know, we'll see. Hopefully the prices keep on going down. Uh, backed more like when, man, I, I, like 2017 when I went, it was like 800 something dollars round trip. And I know we're not there yet. I still think we're like, you know, a couple years away from like, you know, prices really dropping once people stop hate traveling, um, you know, like hate tourism, hate, you know, all that stuff is there. Once that finally comes to that things, I think we'll get back to more of those things. And that's why I kind of pushed my trip with my daughter off. Uh, for like mm-hmm. a few years where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go this summer and then I'm going to aim for three years out for her and I to go, which means I might have a gap, you know, in my travel mm-hmm. to Japan a bit as I'm saving up to go. She's worth it, uh, <laughs> you know, but like, I man, I'm just part of me is just holding out like, please, prices come down where I can at least shoot off, go to Hiroshima, have that be my whole trip and fly back home. Like, I don't need to be wild and crazy, but just being able to see the people that you want to see. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be huge, man. It's huge. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So moving along, um, I wanted to ask you about your content plans for your next trip. I said for for me, I think it's going to be that big uh, portion is like having that two day trip um, with uh, Peter and I are talking to to end up going to do that, that pulling that off and having that be kind of like my day trip talk like maybe a transition into something to where it's not me doing the whole day and talking like what i have but maybe getting some sounds from those areas while i'm there um recording some talk maybe uh in the car um out when we're out in different areas uh and really pull something together that i haven't heard elsewhere you know what i mean besides on youtube you can find some of these things but not necessarily a you know podcast uh you know that has that thing and then I really, man, just want to record as much sound from Japan as I can from everywhere and just have that be something that I can share with people that they can sit there and listen to cicadas. Um, They can listen to the laundromat. They can listen to the train. They can listen to the station. They can listen to people walking around and just be immersed in Japan without actually being there. That's like my main, you know, thing that I want to start pulling away, you know, pulling out of each time I go is just adding a little bit more to that. Right on. Like a nice little library of sounds. That's yeah. really, really cool. You know, because you never know what's going to happen to you um, and like what's going to happen with your ability to travel or just life in general. But man, having my own little stash of stuff, you know, <laughs> you know, like if you hit a point in life where you're like, I can't travel as much as I can or I can't do that, you know, flight anymore. Being able to pull that stuff out, no matter how many years later that is to, to go back through and look at a photo in your case or listen to some sound in mine and be taken back there without having to be back there is like, you know, that's something I really want. That's really, really cool. Uh, let's see. As far as my content plans, I, like I said, I'm still like forming an idea, like a, a, the, the bones of an idea. But as far as collaborations go, because I do want to place a higher emphasis on people that live and, and work and thrive there. Yes. 
I think that this time around, if I were to do another project, I would like to to include older people, yeah. like people who are around my age or older, uh, maybe even some senior citizens, um, because it's it's interesting to me, like you know, because Japan is such a super aged uh, country, so many people are older. Um, it feels incorrect to uh, not include those people that are very much the face of this country. So I would like to do that. People who aren't so focused on um, internet personas or internet followers or followings and things like that. Um, just people living their life. If I can find a way to include those people and, and say, hey, look, this is something meaningful that I'm trying to do. I want to be genuine. Do you want to kind of lend yourself to this? I would love to do that. Um, yeah, yeah, I would like that. Because, you know, you spoke to Robert. Robert is yep. a very unique guy. Um, and even um, Paul, the, the dude in the suit who's, a, who's out in Yokohama, he's an interesting guy. And he's a bit older than I am. Robert is probably my dad. And my if my dad were still alive, he'd probably be about Robert's age at this point. Uh, so that... I felt like we're a really big was a really big highlight of my book. Um, if I could expand upon that to some degree um, for a future project, I would love to do that. Because we could save some of that. I was I've been thinking about that too um, recently. Like where it's like I'd love to be able to interview some people that were had those experiences in the eighties, had those experiences right. in the seventies, and put that into some sort of format that isn't lost. You know, when right. they when they go like there's that there wasn't the Internet, there wasn't the YouTubes, there wasn't the things to record a lot of this stuff in. And, you know, to lose that is just, you know, yeah, like just do anything you can to pull that back. That'd be huge. Like I want to talk to my dad when when I go out to visit him next. Um, I'd like to talk to him about his time with Bridgestone and his time, you know, in Japan and what that was like at that point in time to pull anything that he remembers still from that time and just be like, hey, let's record it. You know, let's save That's something awesome. from this and, you know, this, this moment in time, cause I can't speak to it, you know, <laughs> like I can't speak to it, but I'd love uh, to share that with as many people as possible. So, man, I can't wait to see it. I'm already, I'm already waiting in line. My tent is out uh, in front of the Kickstarter, you know, ticket office. And I will be right there uh, <laughs> when you're, you're going again. Like how long have you been waiting for Star Wars? Yeah. They'd be like, how long have you been waiting for Maurice's book? Like, what are you here for? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, moving on. Uh, thank you, by the way, because please just buy my stuff. Yeah, that's right, that's right. That's um, right. But moving on, um, how are you, uh, I guess, ingesting or absorbing all the news about the troublesome streamers in Japan from your perspective as someone who also makes uh, content about Japan? Oh, I, I, I have been, and I... I... Like I cringe all the time to begin with, like when you're out and about there and you run into people, um, you travel how you want to travel. I'm not going to fault you for that. But like to go somewhere and know nothing about where you're going and not being in a tour group, like if you're going to do that, go in a tour group and know like they're going to take me around. They're going to show me what I need to. They're going to give me some feedback and say, hey, don't do these things. Or try not to do these things uh, when you're in the train. Don't be loud. Um, don't be, you know, just don't be <laughs> that person. You know what I mean? Um, and so, like, I, I already have that to where I'm like, when you go to a restaurant already and you're turned away, or you go to an establishment and you're turned away, 
or you go to interact with somebody and you're you're kind of like uh, i'm not gonna like even give you the time of day it's not me you know what i mean like it's not anything i've done but it's those experiences those people have had previously that have gotten them to that point in time so that was already there and like part of what i wanted to do this show for is to be like hey please listen do your own research take what i'm saying i'm not like perfect in what i'm doing but take the time to do this listen to me listen to other people and go there and represent everyone as well as you can so that more people are open to us and continue to remain open to us and but to hear what's going on in japan with like johnny somali and and all those other people like and it's not just japan it's all over the world it's the u.s it's canada it's germany it's like europe it's everywhere that you have these people that are going and putting forth a content that is i'm going to ride a train across the country and take advantage of the goodwill of a country and its people and not pay and not only am i not paying i'm getting paid to not pay my way through these things and every person that that person comes across is getting a negative view of the next foreigner that comes through and to hide out in a restroom and just like, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. Um, the next person that is actually sick, you know, in, in that thing and, and not able to show them like you are creating so many different things to do like what you know what i mean like wh- I, I did stupid stuff too like i I've, i continue to do stupid stuff maurice but like that like that is like one consistent i have in my life but to do something that impactful like i i i, I wanted to thank you like when you brought it up because it's just like and then to do things where i'm you're gonna go on a woman's only train and get up in people's faces or you're purposely trying to annoy people and cause a scene to get a reaction from these people like anywhere in the world. I don't care where you are. Chicago, if you're in, you know, if you're in Japan, if you're in those things, like I believe that what goes around comes around eventually. You may not always have it be as soon as you want, <laughs> like, you know, want it to be or, you know, stuff that's there, but it will come back to you. And if you're putting that negativity out into the world, like, it's just, uh, it's going to come back to you. And right now, like, Johnny Somali is in Japanese prison, and he had his, you know, he was rearrested, not let go, 28 days passed, and I'm still in prison, like, going through, and I'm sure that he regrets in some way, shape, or form kind of doing what he was doing. And I hope it's a deterrent to others, because there's already that thing of, like, we need to charge a tourist tax. We need to start limiting the amount of people that can go into these areas. We need to limit this, charge this, pay this, block this off, protect ourselves. And that's before all this stuff is going on. Like, please don't take away this place from others, you know, for your own selfish means. And, and that right. to me is like the biggest, like, just crime of the whole thing. I, I, I just, um, that's why like when I did my haunted uh, Japan episode, 
I didn't talk mm-hmm. about uh, Suicide Forest. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not going to be somebody. You're like, if you're looking for this, it's not here. <laughs> not here, man. Like, I'm not looking to do this. Like, this isn't something I'm going to look money off of, you know, like, or I'm not, I'm not making money off this to begin with. But I'm not looking to get followers or clicks because of talking about something like that. It's just not me. Right. And to, to each their own. But, man, I, I um, to me, it makes me sad because I want to move there eventually. I want to be able to live there for a while. I want to be able to return. I want listeners of the show to go and have the best experience they can have and not run into negativity because of these people that are now being put all through the news there. They're all through news mm-hmm. channels. It's and you know that this is now up front in everybody's face for this period of time. And I wonder how that's going to impact. Like I luckily have, I'm an audio format, right? I can at least do some things to where I can record audio and do some stuff. And I may not be as impacted as somebody else that's going to Japan on vacation with their camera and their video camera and their other stuff to where you're, you're looking to do this stuff. Um, but that, that impacts what you can do. Um, but man, it just makes me sad to like, you know, that anybody that this is where we're at. And I, I just can't hope that we, as just a group, Everywhere in the world can move past this content. And like, if you are somebody that is consuming this content, please think twice. And you may think that you're, you know, one person out of whatever hundreds of thousands of views that this thing's getting, um, it doesn't count, but man, it does. And if you, if Japan is something that matters to you, if it's something important to you, all I could ask is for you to unfollow and not support anybody that's doing anything this. And if you, feel comfortable enough of just like, you know, I it, non-interaction is probably the best thing, but you know, cause there's so many things that are in there, but just like, you know, just, yeah, don't support it, man. Just as much as you can. That's why I like, I'm glad I don't have to do a whole episode on this. This is, you know, like this is a brief little bit that's here. Um, but like, yeah, I just don't want to give any more time to any of these people. Cause it's just like, I, but it, it is, it's something that does need to be, you know, talked about. Like, do you think this is going to impact you, Maurice, like uh, when it comes to your photography or things or or because we're you're not doing like necessarily like a video format that you might have a better time with things? Uh, you know, I really don't know. Um, I really don't know. I know that I, I'm a kind of a boomer on this. Uh, so you have to excuse me. I'm kind of a grumpy old man about this because I really feel like. Japan was too kind yes. to Logan Paul when he did that stuff. Yep. I I think that they really, like, you know, the, the, the Gaijin card, you get the foreigner pass. I think they let him, they let him slide with that, and I think that it, it opened the door for people like Johnny Somali and people like um, this person on the train, the Shinkansen. Um, I think that if they would have nipped it in the bud and, you know, not, not saying be cruel, but you know, like you mentioned in Japan, they can hold you for like 29 days and not charge you. And you don't necessarily have access to your lawyer. They can do that. They're doing it to Johnny Somali right now. I think that if, as someone who is high profile as Logan Paul, because Johnny Somali is not a celebrity, he's just yep. this dude that's made his name by being an asshole. Um, Logan Paul was a celebrity already. He should have known better. And the fact that he got to slide with it and it, it got him huge numbers, yes. massive numbers. 
I think if anything, it made him more of a household name after that. Um, and he just got to come back to the United States, do a fake apology, and you know his star has not diminished since then, right? Um, him going abroad and being a complete jerk has not crippled or 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 diminished or harmed his celebrity or his income ability at all. Um, and so that those lack of repercussions really just this momentum that it created i think it did born like breed these people that are now doing this and that's unfortunate they should have they should have come down on him hard like no you don't come to japan and do this you know we're not that passive right yes <laughs> yes it, it, um, yeah even if you just like held like like even if there were no charges that ended up coming from right. anything even if you just held him for you know two months and, right. You know, it, it, it's to show something that's like, hey, you're going to sit here. You're not going to enjoy yourself for this right. time. Here's some definite consequence. You may not have been charged with things, but hey, you're you're going to regret like having done this, you know, like right. time out, man. You needed time out, <laughs> at least if nothing right. else. And, and, and outside of celebrities, a person like Logan Paul could maybe sit out from his life for two months. Yes. Right. Because he's wealthy. Yep. A regular person or you or I. If we were, if we just did not have any income coming in for three months, four months, five months, devastated, we're probably in a heap of trouble. Yes. Um, so I, I think that it would dissuade and prevent regular people from thinking about it even for a second. Yes. Like, hey, look, they will arrest me and hold me, and I'll probably lose my job. My parents will know where I'm at. Uh, any kind of bills, uh, pets, whatever those are all being put in jeopardy because I wanted to like stupid for a couple of likes. Um, hopefully now with the Johnny Somali thing, this is going to set that precedent um, of, Hey, look, don't come here and fool around. Um, as you far still, as how it's going to hit. Cause sorry. you still have people right now that are like running around doing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just like, man, it's just, uh, I, I hope in some way, shape or form for some of this, when you get to be as egregious as you are, to just be like, you're kicked out. Like, you can't come right. back. You're flagged. Right. Done. Like, right. we're going to hold you, and you may not be charged and serve long-term prison fines, but you can't ever come back. That, I think, with that prison, like, you know, with some sort of, like, time where you're stuck there doing that, like, uh, that might give something to where you're like, I can't ever go back to this place again, you know, compounded with other stuff, maybe, you know. But I, because, like, when I was there, like I want to do anything but get me to where I can't go back to my <laughs> my favorite place in the world. Absolutely, one hundred percent. No, and and it's 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 foolishness because it's not worth it. There are so many perks and benefits and and just wonderful experiences of being able to travel through Japan. Why put it at jeopardy? Why why risk it? It's not worth it. Um, and I think that Japan just has to showcase that. It's not worth it to act stupid over here because we will take it very seriously and you're not going to like the consequences. Um, as far as how it's going to impact me, um, I know that uh, there was a couple of, uh, there was one vlogger that I watch who all of her videos, A, she started making fewer videos, but whenever she did, did start making videos, it was always where she was by herself. Yes. She made sure that there was no one around. And she's and I, I actually tweeted at her. I said, hey, look, I said, you know, you're not making as many videos as, as, as usual. And she goes, yeah, she says, because honestly, with all the stuff going on, being in Japan and being an obvious foreigner and pulling out a camera to record yourself 
and these are her words. She said, it's cringe. <laughs> so, so she said that immediately people are wary of the foreigner who pops out the camera, right? Yes. And there is a, a bit of hesitation, like, what is this gaijin going to do? Yep. And so that that hesitation or that, that wariness was not there before. It wasn't present there. But now it is. Um, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but there are some establishments that have already started putting out signs to say no live streaming and no videos. Yep. Yep. So that's going on. And then also my friend V, who I'm going to go visit soon, um, a friend of hers was live streaming at a festival and she's an obvious foreigner. And someone said, came up to her and said, don't cause trouble. So it's just like, it's already happening. Yes. People are already on guard. And as someone who hasn't done anything, it would break my heart that if I just wanted to capture a, a special moment and I met with that aggression immediately because someone acted a fool, right? Yep, yep. Um, it's not fair to me, um, but that could be the reality if people don't start behaving. And that sucks. That yep. really, really sucks. Um, yep. But as far as photos, I think for the most part, I carry myself in a way where I'm not trying to be seen. I'm not trying to make noise. I'm, I'm not trying to disrupt or disturb people. And I think that's something that people appreciate. Yes. Um, you know, whenever I'm taking photos and people are in the way, I try to acknowledge them, and let them know that, hey, look, I'm taking a photo. Is it okay? Um, and nine times out of ten, it's fine. Other times people will just kind of step back or yep. they'll get out of the frame. It, it all works, you know, and I think that when people are being considerate, they recognize it. And they also recognize it when you're not being considered or you're being intentionally abrasive or aggressive or, or yeah. condescending or crude or rude or invasive. People recognize that stuff. And with Japan being such a homogenous country, if a foreigner does it, it's going to stick out. You know, it, it's going to stick out. So yeah. don't don't pass down that punishment to other people because you can't control yourself. You yeah. have to think beyond yourself. And um, I think that from moving forward, I'm going to try to be even more polite, even more yep. forward as far as like, hey, look, I'm taking photos. But it's very clear that what I do, I'm not taking video. So yeah. that, that might be my silver lining or my saving grace. Yeah. No, I, I agree, my friend. I think just like how you handle yourself and then hopefully being with others. You know, like, you know, if you have models that you're working with or you're taking pictures of people that are those ones that you come in contact with, at least you're with somebody else and it's not just you um, yourself, right. you know, like, like doing right. stuff. And Absolutely. I think, you know, that's going to be a huge thing. And I think even for, um, you know, like I said, for myself of like, you know, like kill them with kindness and just be, you know, even more than what you were before. Um, hopefully um, everybody, you know, that, that listens or, you know, share with somebody else that's going to Japan say, Hey, you know, just be aware. Uh, they're not targeting you, not upset at you, not mad at you, but like, you know, you're paying for, uh, what's happened for, uh, and just go with it Absolutely. and just be like, you know, be, apo be apologetic and put it away and just come back to what you're doing, you know, later, mm -hmm. <laughs> later. Mm -hmm. So, um, I love it all my friend. And I, I, I see, uh, our time, you know, whenever we talk together is, is always, uh, you know, like we always have, uh, have, have fun and, and can talk for, I think hours on end. Um, but I do, is there anything else, Maurice, before, um, I get going on our, um, outro together, um, that you want to talk about cover, 
give a last thank you, um, anything like that that you'd want to do before we uh, uh, sign off together? Oh, gosh. Uh, just um, thank you so much for always welcoming me, um, opening your, your podcast to me. That means a great deal to me. Uh, thank you for being there and being supportive of my Kickstarter day one until today. I mean, I, I think that we've spoken so much that you've seen and heard about every step of it. That means a great deal to me. Um, thank you for always providing a lot of great ideas for my next visit. You know, whether it's the, this one coming up or the one after that or the one after that, uh, you've always been a tremendous inspiration. And uh, I hope that your listeners appreciate it too, because this guy has given me so many great ideas for traveling throughout Japan. And uh, it's always all solid. And um, this last thing, I did listen to your episode about spooky movies. Yep. And I actually went out and bought a copy of Pulse. And it's made by the son of Kurosawa. I'm like an hour and a half into it. It's really something else. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to try to get some more movies off your list. Um, there's some good ones on there. So uh, thank you for making that. It was definitely insightful. Appreciate it, my friend. And I got to say, like, it's fun having somebody that I'm just as excited to see your photos and like what you're doing and have that same, you know, same energy coming from you where you're like, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what you have. And it's just like we're both, you know, geeking out the whole time. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, 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 you know, I, I'm going to call us to an end. Uh, Cyberpunk is um, calling um, that that updated, you know, add on content. My friends uh is fantastic and i am on my like fifth playthrough of like 100 plus hours every time i do it stoked about that yakuza games that are coming out i will stop with that you know geeky comments uh you know for for now call it an end and um you know i on behalf of just you know everyone uh maurice and myself uh lost without japan the entire crew everybody just want to thank you uh, for setting aside time uh, for this interview today. Pressing play, uh, following along, downloading, uh, just listening in bits and pieces and parts or all at once. Uh, it truly means the world to me that I am getting to a point that I will be able to possibly see by the end of this year uh, 10,000 downloads happen for a show that... I never, you know, imagined would have, uh, you know, 10 people listen to, you know, when I started, you know, so just, I can't, uh, thank you enough. I can't thank you enough that you, uh, appearing there mean more than you can possibly imagine because that support you reaching out, uh, those numbers aren't why I do it, but those numbers seeing that you're out there are part of why I can make the friends that I have and have allowed me to make a friend like Maurice and, uh, you know, others that are a part of the show. Um, truly, even if you never give a, a like, you never rate the show, you never share it with anybody, um, you have done already more than I could possibly ever thank you for. So just look forward to having you be back uh, with our next regularly scheduled show. Uh, what's going to happen with this one is I'm going to have the interview with Maurice drop, and I'm also going to have some sights and sounds of Japan drop. It may not be for everybody. There's a lot of cicada. There's a lot of, 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 of 
you know, laundry mats and things that are there, which is just what I was into at the time I was there. Um, but it will provide you a bit of Japan. So I hope you enjoy both of these episodes and uh, just join again as we continue our discussion on Japan, travel, culture, and your own Lost Without Moments. To everyone out there, oh, ginky day. Stay well, my friends. <laughs>